Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Mike TV. And that's Jen Diz. And today we'll be discussing how much we miss the Disney parks, our thoughts on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and a game of Would You Rather. All right, Jen Diz, so let's get right into it. Um, I thought it was important that we just address the elephant in the room once and for all. So yes, we are recording this right now in the middle of eight months into the great quarantine, um, year one of the great quarantine. And I thought this would be fun to just leave ourselves a little bit of a timestamp, a little bit of a time capsule. Um, so now we know Disneyland is closed at the time of us writing this and, and recording this. Uh, so what do you miss most about being at Disneyland? Uh, geez, I hands down have missed Main Street USA more than anything else this entire time. I really thought I would be like, I miss the Haunted Mansion because Haunted Mansion is my jam and I love it so very much, but I just miss the beginning of getting to Disneyland, like the walking down Main Street, all the smells, like the horse-drawn carriages, the omnibus, like all the fun stuff that you see going on on Main Street. I just really miss it. Oh, it's so true. I think... What I love so much, too, especially when you and I go, there's like this sense of freedom. Like, you know, you're going to have a great day, but you have no idea where it's going to go, especially if you don't pre-plan too much. It's so carefree. And who knows what's around the corner, what you're going to see, who you're going to meet. Aww. That's a great way to put Main Street, like carefree, because you're walking down it like at least you and I, like people who go often. We aren't walking with like a hardcore plan usually. At least we aren't for sure. Right. <laughs> but so we're walking on Main Street and kind of have those conversations like are just beginning like, okay, where do you want to go? You know, like that's always, which way should we go? East or west? Like where should we head? North? Like we never go north. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Like once you become Disney Holic status, right? Nothing is that important that you have to do it at that second. You just go with what you're feeling. Yeah, you just enjoy with. it. Stop by, get some candy, like whatever you want to do. It's there on Main Street. And I have to say, I especially missed all the musical acts. Like when you get to just randomly see the Dapper Dans or the Ragtime Player. Like, oh, it's just so good. Or they, they even have the Disneyland band come down there so good makes me feel like sometimes i do take it for granted i do feel like i i normally stop and look but if i am on a mission to get to a certain store or something i'll walk by the dapper dance but next time i need to make sure i just stop and listen for a little bit yes that was one of my favorite tips i took from someone else is to have a like a solo trip and have it be a music day at disneyland so i literally just focused on seeing all the musical acts and it was literally one of my favorite trips like it was just so cool to like, give that time to watch all those musical acts Aww. but out of that what is the thing that you are really missing um i think if i were to pick one thing it would it just goes back to that feeling so it wouldn't be a particular thing in the park it's that feeling of what is this day going to be like for me um and usually you put some sort of preparation to it either we fly i fly to meet you at disneyland or you fly to meet me at disney world or you drive down to disneyland fly to disneyland you know you're anticipating this thing and then you finally get to go and it's just 
it's that home moment of getting to the parks, which I think I miss, which I know is vague, but I think that's something we all crave right now. No, that makes sense. It's like hitting that goal of like vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like, you know, you're going to have so much fun the whole time. That's the best part of it is. Um, other things I miss like intensely are nighttime in the parks. Oh, like yeah. I miss a good lit up Main Street and oh my gosh, walking through Adventureland at nighttime is one of my favorite things ever. Just actually anywhere in Disneyland, I don't really think about it, but especially those two. And I also really miss the Carthay Circle Lounge. Oh, love that. Aww. It's another one of those definition of uh, vacation for me. <laughs> it's funny. I'm trying to think of some of the things that are more specific. And there are things that I don't do enough that, I say, that I'm saying that I miss. So, for example, I really love that moment when you either get on the Mark Twain or you get on the Tom Sawyer's Island and then you look back at the New Orleans area Aww. and you just kind of see it all happening before your eyes, like a little diorama. Yeah. Especially when it's crowded. It's really cool. It is really cool. I love doing that from the Mark Twain a lot. Although I am also very guilty of not visiting Tom Sawyer's Island or what's it called? Pirate's Lair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pirate's like, Lair featuring Tom Sawyer's Island. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do not go there very often, usually because it's hot like all the time in LA. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to be out there on the island. Although they have nice shaded areas, I should really go hang out there. We should try to picnic there next time we go. It's nice. It's like a little park. I like that you have to take a vehicle to get there. Little yeah, we should totally go get our food and take it over there. Wait, I, I can never remember that. which of the water crafts are um, fake or not. So are the rafts fake? No, the rafts is how you get there. And are they on a track? No, question mark. Right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure either. I know I the canoes well, are not powered. on a track. They're like, like motorboats. Like they have like powered engines on them okay. so i'm assuming not right and then they, they spin around like they do a full like 180 in the water so the other side is like like the same side you got in now on the other side is also the side you get out of you're right so and they do that whole thing they where they have track. to like line up the side to the dock and tell you not to, yeah. to get off yet <laughs> all right so we got to go do that um yes what speaking of that like what is the first thing you would do when you go back to disneyland that one would be the Haunted Mansion because I am so excited to see what they've done to it. They had an update recently. No one really knows if it's been completed or not during this whole shutdown. So, um, and I'm assuming since they've brought construction back that they are finishing it up. So I just want to see what they're going to be doing. There's a lot of stuff in the plans talking about lighting and effects. So I'm like, oh, what do they do? What? I didn't my even mansion, know. But I'm also very excited at the same time. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I think, so here, let's say I'm, I'm with you on that first day. I think what we would do is um, I'll go to Haunted Mansion with you. And then right there next to Haunted Mansion, we can get on the Disneyland Railroad. And I'd want to just take the train all around, maybe even more than once. Just kind of like sit there, and relax. That's true. I do miss the train a lot, too. Ugh, I think I just miss it all. Yeah, all of it. I also really miss Trader Sam's. Can we head over to the Disneyland Hotel real quick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if they have like some exclusive. I'm like overdue with an, an overpriced Disney exclusive park. Yeah, item. right. <laughs> Another thing that I'm excited about for the, the same reason as the Haunted Mansion is what they've changed on the Snow White Scary Adventure attraction. 
Wait, I did Snow not White's. know they changed anything on that either. Where oh, am I? Yes. Where have I been? Oh my gosh. Very good. Yes, they are changing a couple scenes and they're giving it like a happily ever after ending. I didn't want to say happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's interesting. So at the end right now, it goes, let's see if I get this correct. You're going through and then you see the seven dwarves like going up that hill, pushing the rock over and then you hear her die and then that's it yes. and then all of a sudden they're at the end yes and then it says and they lived happily ever after and you're like what we literally the last thing we just saw was like the witch screaming <laughs> and then it's just like totally random into that so now they're adding a scene or they're i don't know exactly what all they're taking out in order to fit this new scene but they're having a new scene where it's snow white with prince charming and she's like on the horse and they're waving and oh it's like wow feel with all the animals yeah i do hope they keep the scary stuff though like when the witch yeah comes out. i mean that ride is like terrified me as an adult so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite things is just the fact that they had to literally rename that ride because children came off crying too often <laughs> so warning, good warning Hilarious. So speaking of those fine details, I wanted to know what are some of your favorite Disney details? Um, I, I'll go back to Main Street again, like thinking about walking in um, those little windows with the different sounds that come out of them. Sometimes oh, I'll yeah. go by myself to go look at them, but then it's always fun, right? When you have somebody that is not a big parks fan, but is excited to learn about it. And then you take mm-hmm. them to one of those alleys and then they hear the dentist with the drilling and they're like, what, what are you talking about? And then they hear it and then they're just so amazed. And oh, I love that stuff. I love it too. Speaking of that, also over in New Orleans Square, all the ambiance there of like the fake chitter chatter at the restaurant that's not even existing in that building (laughs) like you hear like dishes clinking and stuff i just love it and they change it for holidays too so they're talking about like halloween stuff or mardi gras stuff or whatever it's just so fun do you know if they if they keep playing that throughout the night like while it's closed supposedly i've never been able to confirm but yeah supposedly they have like almost everything in the parks playing i know they play it well after closing because like i've definitely done like as best as i can to be on attractions as late as possible so that i can walk out of the park when it's empty <laughs> so kicked out like, by used security to go on, in the summertime like splash mountain really late or i would like go on Haunted Mansion Holiday right at midnight when it's got like an hour and a half long line just because I want to walk out of the park at like 1 a.m. <laughs> but you get to hear all that stuff then, you know, it's so cool. I like that. I think if I was working after hours, I'd want the noise for sure to be on. I think yeah. it makes it feel like you're not alone in there. Totally, totally. And you mentioned the Main Street windows and I thought you were going to talk about the like the dedications on the windows because that was actually one of mine on my list. Oh. Is... I just, that's another one of those things that, like, most people don't even know is there. They just assume it's, like, random writing. People don't even take the time to look at it usually, right? It's, like, up. There's always that, like, clause about, like, always remember to look up. Like, that's my favorite thing in life is to, like, look around, not just in your eye view. You always find so many things, especially in places like Disney, uh, Disney parks. But um, the windows on Main Street is another one of my favorite Disney details. It's just, like, such a great tribute. And they all are, like... They aren't just tributes, like, they don't just say their name. It's, like, a fake side hustle or something. It's, like, their their business. Like, for instance, uh, Rolly Crump, he's an Imagineer, a Disney legend, and he 
Um, his is about palm reading or tarot, re tarot cards or something like that. So it's like he was like a trippy guy, and then he's got this like fitting window. I just love it. That's so cool. Oh, it's so like good. very deep cut too, because even myself, I know you're you know a lot about Imagineers. I don't know too many um, facts about Imagineers, so it's cool that you can explain all of that by looking at a window if you have somebody with you that knows what it is. Yeah, you can like decipher it. Like oh, so cool. So speaking of details, I wanted to bring up a very, very popular loved movie in the Disney community and outside the Disney community. It's Who Framed Roger Rabbit? The reason I'm bringing this up after we talk about Disney details is because I had recently, well, not too recently, maybe like a year or two ago at this point, gone to a talk at the Walt Disney Family Museum and they mentioned a bunch of stuff about this movie and the behind the scenes on it and I just was like blown away and then recently they have that show on Disney Plus called Prop Culture and they have a whole uh, not season, a whole episode about Who Framed Roger Rabbit and if you guys have not watched it yet, it is super super cool so go watch it but um I thought it would be fun to review this movie real quick since we yeah. both rewatched it recently, right? Yeah, I just rewatched it on Disney Plus, and um, like anything nostalgic, you never know if it was as good as you remember it or not. But wow, I mean, this is the, a good movie for us to review together because it's such a good movie. It's such a classic. It really is, and it's got so. How can you say it? Like when I watched it as a kid, I thought it was cute and fun. But now, as an adult, to rewatch it, I'm just like, this was so good. And before its time, has all these like crazy practical effects. But then also, like obviously, like they hand drew in characters using practical effects. It's just like pretty mind blowing at that point. It's just like what it is. And I know we love to like talk about intellectual property and how Disney owns everything and there's still half of the characters in there Disney did not own and still does not own um, right so it was like in the in the beginning it said Touchstone Pictures and Amblin Entertainment so what I found interesting was that at the time Disney didn't really know if they had a hit on their hands it seems because they used their Touchstone banner which is that sort of like PG-13 they use it for um, they use it for Nightmare Before Christmas also to be to be honest, mm -hmm. which is interesting because then that also became a hit. And then they started saying, oh, yeah, it's Disney. <laughs> so this one said Touchstone and Amblin, which was Steven Spielberg's company um, before DreamWorks existed. So everybody was just playing really nicely. And they seemed to license everything from like Betty Boop and things outside of either of those companies. I also had to say that the film was like kind of adult, right? For Disney films. Very much. Like there was a lot of stuff that was over my head when I was little. And then like just Jessica Rabbit on her own is just this whole thing that you weren't expecting to see out of a Disney film. And yeah. she is just so... I love how she's also, like, quite humble in comparison to how you're expecting her to act. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I When, when they introduce her, though, I... I was like taking some notes and doing a couple things while I was watching it, but I had to stop everything I was doing. As soon as she came out on stage, I was just mesmerized. I was like, what? First of all, she's gorgeous. <laughs> she's almost like a drag queen. She was so yeah. sexual. She was literally giving the main character a lap dance. And I thought she was going to motorboat him. I was like, no, they're not. And then they, <laughs> they stopped short of it. <laughs> but I was just so mesmerized about the whole scene. It was It was amazing. I cannot believe that was in this movie. And I probably didn't remember at all at the time when I was a kid. I didn't know what was happening. I just thought it was being, she was being funny or something. 
Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, I don't know what that's all about. But anyway. <laughs> and then what I love about her, me, too, is when she started talking, because I forgot how she sounded when she spoke, then I quickly realized it was Kathleen Turner, who I didn't know it was at the time, who's also serial mom from that John Waters <laughs> movie. So my head was just spinning with like all these connections and just kept making the movie greater and greater. Love Jessica Rabbit. Forgot how classic she is. Right, and you know about Kathleen Turner, right? About this movie? No, tell me. Are you for reals? I don't know, I don't know. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite Roger Rabbit thing. And lots of people know this, but in case you don't, she did not want to be in the credits because she didn't think this movie was going to be a hit. So she's also on that touchstone tip of like not <laughs> thinking it's going to work out. Wow. So she's not in the credits. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> and I really love her and respect her, but I didn't know she had... Um, lines to draw like that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, she she's just like, I'm not doing How can you this? not and be in a movie so with good. Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse? I mean, I think that when, if I was Jessica Rabbit and I was filming that, I'd be like, this movie's going to be so cool. Yeah. I don't know, like, what about it would make you think, like, oh, this is going to be a bomb. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny, though. I didn't know that. It was know just that. so well written. There's so many clever, witty remarks throughout the whole film, especially, like, when you're working with tunes, right? So, yeah. like, they're always saying funny stuff. So it was just like, I don't know how you would think it would be a bomb, but that's definitely what happened. That's interesting. What other, um, did you take notes of anything else that was adult-like that kind of went over our heads as kids? I didn't take notes in particular, no. I wish I had, I just kind of watched it and like enjoyed it, but I, I should have taken notes. <laughs> that's um, okay. There is, a, there is one I took note of because it kind of shook me. It was when <laughs> um, Roger Rabbit and... Eddie Valiant, is that his name? Eddie Valiant. They were having a conversation about um, probate and related to the law legal system. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Roger Rabbit kept talking about a prostate. And I just couldn't, I had to like turn and I could not believe that that's what they were talking about. And then Eddie Valiant was like, not a prostate. We're talking about probate or whatever oh the, the actual gosh. line was. But that's just yet another thing that probably went over my head, even late into my oh teens, my I'm pretty sure. Anything I can do? Maybe you could go downtown and check the probate. Yeah, check the probate. Why, my Uncle Thumper had a problem with his probate, and he had to take these big pills and drink lots of water. Not prostate, you idiot. Probate. Let me get this straight. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I don't remember that part, which is... <laughs> Wow, that's pretty intense. Yeah, there is definitely a lot of those adult moments in there, which I love. And it's one of my favorite things in general is rewatching movies as an adult and catching all the stuff that I like totally did not get as a kid. So just seeing that in Roger Rabbit is really funny. Yeah. Um, there was one scene I wanted to share that I learned about at that Walt Disney Family Museum talk. And it's the scene with the pen or the the bar scene where, or like the cabaret scene, whatever you want to call it, where Jessica is introduced. And they have all the penguins walking around serving real food and drinks, right? Yeah. So, and this is like filmed way back when, before we had like all the CGI abilities that we do today. And it was just so cool to hear how they filmed this. So basically the floor of the, what do you, do you call it a cabaret or what, what would you call that? Yeah, cabaret. Cabaret, right. So the floor of the cabaret, there's actually a giant gap underneath the floor that all the actors are on. And there was actors or like more so like puppeteers or whatever under that floor. And they had cut these slots 
in the flooring so that they could stick poles up with the food like trays on them and then they drew in the penguins later so the trays are real and they're being like held by puppeteers underneath the floor and moved around and then they draw the penguins in holding it later and i'm like so like wow. i'll never forget that it was just so crazy to think about this whole extra layer of this set they had to design in order to do this one little piece that was just a, such a cool detail that's so amazing and it's it just shows like that movie is handcrafted in a point of time that if it was made today just wouldn't be the same they would probably cg all of that and yeah. the whole point of it right is being able to interact with cartoons in the real world and the fact that they're 2d and flat and made of ink um and then interacting with objects like that oh that's so cool i wish i could have been on that set <laughs> It's, yeah, exactly. I wish there was. I wonder if they could find pictures somewhere. I bet they have them out there in the world somewhere. Out there on the good old internet. <laughs> Did you find the movie scary at all? Because I, when I was younger, I actually was pretty scared of the main villain. Um, I didn't even know until later that that was uh, Doc from Back to the Future. I just knew yeah, that he was the bad guy from Roger Rabbit. And he scared me. And what really scared me was his rubber glove and the sound of putting it on. Ugh, yeah. It still creeped me out when I watch it this time. Did you find it scary when you're lo- y- younger? Yes. The same exact reasons. Like he and like the dip, the whole thing with the dip was terrifying. Like that <laughs> yeah. idea like stuck with me. Like I'll see it. Like I'll see those like what do you call them? Like barrels or whatever. Like in real life and I'll just immediately think about dip. dip. Like it's still like, oh god, can I just if I got into that, I would just, like, disintegrate. <laughs> it's, it's definitely so what's going to happen. And then when they put the little cartoonies in there and they actually die. Oh, the little shoe. Oh, my gosh. What it's a movie. so sad. Um, so speaking of not knowing who people were again. So, yeah, I didn't know that the bad guy was Doc um, from Back to the Future. I'm, I'm blanking on his real name right now. He Christopher something. I keep wanting to say Christopher Walken or Elliot. Christopher Lloyd. Or... There you go. Yeah, Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I didn't know that was him. And then another person, when I watched it last night, for the very first time I put this together, that the love interest of Eddie Valiant is played by Joanna Cassidy, who is the same actress who is right on top of that mother uckin rose from don't tell mom the babysitter's dead she's the boss oh my god christina applegate's character in which christina applegate says to her right on top of that rose so she's the famous rose from that movie and she's also in roger rabbit love her so much she just kind of shows up in movies and i don't even realize it's her so love her she's a great actress joanna cassidy and if you haven't seen don't tell mom the babysitter's dead it's a 90s classic Yes, so a serial mom. So a serial mom. Yeah, they're all in there. Quite the 90s (laughs) classics today. (laughs) So I have to say that the movie, so the movie altogether is such a, like a piece of art in its own, right? Like it really is. But my favorite, favorite scene is that first time that Eddie Valiant, and I also can't remember his name in the movie. Do you remember his name in the movie? I I don't know why I'm spacing it, but anyway. Eddie Valiant's character? Yeah. his, his character is Eddie Valiant. And the, oh! And the, <laughs> and the actor is Bob Hoskins. Oh my gosh, um, hilarious. Not to be confused with Joe Pesci, because the whole yes. time I thought Joe <laughs> Pesci was in this movie. And then I was like, wait, that's not him. This is not the guy from Home Alone. Oh my gosh, it's I Bob do that Hoskins. all the time. I'll remember somebody else in there. I'm like, oh, that is not them whatsoever. <laughs> right. That's hilarious. But I love the scene where he's driving into the, like, Toontown for the very first time. 
is so like the sun is up everyone's singing and it's so <gasps> over the top yeah. it's like hilarious and it just really shows how crazy they can make cartoon characters look but like in a fun cute way like they're always fun and cute Right? Yeah. Not always. I guess not always. It's but like in that, that stretch, stretch and stretch and skew style of animation where it's just very mm-hmm. animated. Yeah, I just remember the sun coming up and like singing, and oh my gosh, it's so cute. Yeah. And he's just like, um, what? I want to take us down a tangent though, because I was just thinking about when you said the big sun coming up and going to Toontown, I completely thought of Toontown itself at Disneyland and remembering some of the history and, and you know we're not here to talk about facts because we don't know all the facts but i think disneyland's toontown was originally supposed to be more roger rabbitified um because i didn't even realize until they saw the movie that that's where it came from toontown and then that's his rides there i want to look into that now it's really interesting because it is and called is it called toontown in the movie yeah they, they called it toontown and i perked up um and yeah, so, and they obviously have the big E attraction there is the E ticket is Roger Rabbit, right? right. So Yeah. Maybe we could figure that out and, and talk to the Disney Hawks yeah. about that. Uh, I was also daydreaming about it and thinking I wouldn't mind if they if they needed to get rid of all of Toontown in Disneyland for something else, I'd be fine with that. And they could redo all of Hollywoodland as Roger Rabbit's Hollywood in California oh, Adventure. So cute. And you know, whatever about Marvel Land, let's pretend that wasn't there. I think that would have been so much cooler. If it was a Roger yeah. Rabbit version with like an Acme tower and all kinds of crazy things happening. That would be really cute. Yeah. The movie was just giving me so many ideas for a ride. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Speaking of would you rather, would you rather have Toontown at DCA or at Disneyland? Um, let's do a fun game together of would you rather. All right. <laughs> What's the truck? I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I knew we were playing this, so I put a couple together. I'm not good at on the spot. Would you? Would you rather? So, um, my very first one is me trying to put in two things together that I am not a huge fan of. So I just want to see which one you'd rather have. So first one is ride. Only soaring over the world for an entire year. You can't go on any other attractions. Or only eat turkey legs while you visit the parks for one year. So it's either food changes or attraction changes. Which one would you give up? And with those two in mind of your sacrifices. Okay, so I would definitely give up the turkey legs. So I guess that puts me in the soaring camp for that one. So you'd ride only soaring and eat any food you want. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because the turkey legs, I know we've talked about this before, but I used to love them when I was a kid, but now they really gross me out. Um, and I still eat meat, but there's just something about it that makes me feel like a zombie and I don't like it. Nope. <laughs> and there's like these sharp little bone things that stick out. Nope. Yeah. No, they're not my <laughs> not favorite. I okay, am so- with you on that. I do not like being a messy eater. So like, especially walking around, it's like super messy and I've been watching other people and they just like cavemen, like... <laughs> <laughs> pulling that chick or not even chicken it's turkey but it smells like ham it tastes more like ham than it does turkey it's very weird Ugh. i'm not good with that all right so would you rather would you rather ride uh the mad hatter teacups is that what it's called mad hatter's teacups 
Would you rather ride the Mad Hatter's teacups 10 times in a row or Tomater's Radiator Springs Spinabout Tow Truck Roundabout? I don't know what it's called. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say the line or the Ma- title is not that long, is it? Oh, wait, they do Mater's have some Junkyard extreme titles. Jamboree. Yes. Which one would I rather ride 10 times back to back? Yeah. Oh, uh, Tomaters all day. Oh, interesting. That one doesn't make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they both would, but okay. Yeah. To- like the teacups I'm good with one time. I'm totally fine. But like two times I'd probably be like, all right, I'm good. And then three times and over, I probably would be sick. So, <laughs> but Tomaters, I think it would just be fun and cute. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be exciting anymore after 10 times, but it wouldn't, wouldn't make me sick. All right. So my next one, Mike. Would you rather get drunk at Oga's Cantina and then go on the teacups or go drinking around the world at Epcot and then go on Ellen's Universe of Energy? (laughs) Um, 100%. um, I would go to Epcot, drink around the world, and then take a long nap on Ellen's Energy Adventure. (laughs) That just sounds like a perfect day any day, to be honest. That was easy for me. I was thinking more so about like having to use the facilities after you've been drinking oh. a lot and then you're stuck on that ride for 45 minutes. <laughs> That's true. I'll just Even though it's, a, it's a gone now. Depends. Still. Um, yeah. <laughs> so would you rather have Daisy Duck's feet, webbed feet, or oh, no. have the speaking voice of Minnie Mouse? I would rather have the speaking voice of Minnie Mouse. <laughs> really that one you can't hide yeah tell me why she i don't know because she's cute and i would be totally fine with sounding just like her although probably everybody in real life would be super annoyed right right do you imagine me making like work calls and like hosting meetings with that voice (laughs) i think it would be hilarious because everybody already calls me like Jen Diz or Jenny Disney. So if I just happen to have Minnie Mouse's voice on top of that, it would just be like the whole package. Might as well just go all the way. <laughs> yeah. And then I could get a job as a voice actor for Minnie Mouse. So like, I'd be set. Ah, I'd be very happy. thinking there. Yeah. All right. So would you rather go on Space Mountain with the lights on or have to do an evac in the Haunted Mansion where you get to walk through the entire attraction? What was the first one again? Go on a Space Mountain with the lights on. Oh, definitely a walk out of Haunted Mansion. Okay, so me cool. too. So cool. Um, yeah, because I remember we went on that tour and we got a little bit of a taste of that. Even just going around through like the part of the queue where you're not supposed to walk through, like even that we we're getting giddy about just to see where the yeah. cast members walk through. <laughs> I always think of the tour guides in moments like that if they are not big Disney holics. They're probably like, why do these people are nuts? Like they're yeah, like, so excited they about so nothing right now. <laughs> Would you rather be trapped on an endless loop for twenty four hours of the monorail going around the Seven Seas Lagoon at Disney World, or be trapped in the submarine voyage endlessly for twenty four hours? Oh, monorail. Easy. That's not an easy one. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be that exciting, but it's got great views. And I have to say the submarine, not only is it extremely claustrophobic, luckily I do not suffer from claustrophobia at an extensive rate, but 
I do have an issue with motion sickness sometimes. And there is that very first part and the ending, like the first two minutes and the last two minutes of the submarine voyage, you are very close to a wall. And for some reason that moving through the like, what do you call those holes? Portholes? Portholes, yeah. When you're looking through that and that wall is moving fast, it makes me so sick. So I would not <laughs> be okay with city. that. As I was saying, and I was like, wait, yeah, why would anybody want to be trapped on the submarine, even <laughs> long enough for the ride itself? So, yeah, that was a pretty easy one. Now, if they could change it up, like, make it like a fancy plane, like the planes that I've always dreamt of going on those, like, private planes where you can, like, hang out in instead oh, yeah. of, like, being stuck in a seat. You, know, you can, like, walk and, like, play cards and stuff. It was like, like a cocktail I would totally bar. Do that they, like, take out those seats in the middle and just, like, put some lounge seats. I would stay in the submarine all day. That'd be good. But that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see. Would you rather go to the park with all walk-on attractions or get special backstage access to your favorite attraction? Ooh. Shoot. Am I by? Am I at the parks with anybody by myself? Who are who am I with? You're with me. Okay, with you, definitely the latter. Then uh, being able to walk on to behind the scenes of an attraction because the other stuff you can always do, but that sounds yes. like so unique to be able to go sneak in or see something cool. Yes, I have to say, no lines is definitely attractive, but eh, what's the line when you? When you get to just chill in the line, it's right. kind of nice nowadays. I think we're just getting old. Like I, <laughs> like I don't mind lines anymore. It's so weird. Yeah, and even most of the stuff we said we missed earlier in this episode were just kind of like hang around things. Yeah, <laughs> just relaxing things. Um, okay, would you rather have Twilight Zone Tower of Terror ten stories taller, or would you rather have the Incredicoaster ten stories taller? And then you'd have to ride the one you chose. Hmm. Probably Tower of Terror. Yeah, Tower of Terror. I'll go with Tower of Terror because that drop is already so intense. So it would just be like crazy if you added 10 stories onto it. Incredicoaster. I feel like I've been on a lot crazier roller coasters than Incredicoasters. So it wouldn't, it would just be like whatever in comparison to those ones. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even with the 10 stories added. <laughs> that's a good point the tower one i always like mock it i feel like it's so sh short and not tall enough and then once you get on it it's so intense yeah it's like especially that little fake fall they do right before I don't yeah know, and i think the, still... the mechanics pull you down is that right i thought i saw that yes lot. yep so you fall faster than you naturally would yep wow crazy all right so i have one more, and it's actually also about the Incredicoaster. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's funny how, like, two of mine have followed yours. Um, so, would you rather go on the Incredicoaster with a broken shoulder harness that you only discovered after leaving <laughs> the, like, loading area? Or would you rather get your boat stuck in It's a Small World? Uh, wait, tell me what the situation is on the Incredicoaster again. Your shoulder harness is broken, so it's just, like... Oh, Flippy heck floppy. no, techno. I would definitely <laughs> rather do the small world boat. So safety first. Yeah, I feel like I could survive whatever happens on small world, but I don't know about a roller coaster. And speaking of claustrophobic, that roller coaster itself, I like, but it, I get so claustrophobic. It really puts you in real tight. 
and I can't move or I can't like itch my leg and then I start freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's yeah. our last and final would you rather. All would right. you rather bring back the Maelstrom at Epcot Aww. or would you rather bring back Country Bear Jamboree at Disneyland? Okay, is this tailored for me? A little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so first off, Maelstrom was literally my favorite attraction in all of Disney World. So this one is is a lot. Um, and then Country Bear Jamboree was such a good classic, and I always love a good, like, show, like a good sit-down show at some point in Disneyland. But I would have to go with Maelstrom. And it's not just because of, like, my favorite. It's because I also never had a chance to say goodbye, which is just, like, <laughs> heartbreaking. <sighs> yeah, so I, I would love to go on that ride again. But you can also go on Country Bears in Disney World. True. So at least that's still somewhere. That's kind of how I dealt with the loss of Tower of Terror. I'm like, I can still go on it in Disney World. It's just not as accessible anymore. That's a very grown-up, Disney-holic, practical answer. <laughs> That. Um, very logical well, i think we are running out of time so that was a fun game but we might as well let our fellow disney holics head out so thanks for listening everybody we hope you enjoyed episode two of the disney holic show follow us on social media at the disney holics and if you'd like to get in touch send us a message on instagram or email us at fanmail at the disney okay bye Man, I really want to go to Disneyland.